0: And welcome back to the Remnant Podcast. I am Luis Olvera, aka Audio Life, and this is Daniel Ochoa, aka Danny O. So, Mister Danny O. Yes, sir. What's today's topic? What do we have for today for the fans in this kind of new setup that we're working on?
1: Well, as you guys noticed, we've kind of spiffed up the studio, but not only are we spiffing up the studio, but we're also spiffing up the content that we're putting out for
0: you guys. <laughs> I know recently we've been uh, we we had our first guest, didn't we? Yes, we did. So now, what are we doing today? So that first guest was for our core
1: segment. This first guest is gonna be for our remnant segment. Ah, and the reason why—I mean—we're named the remnant podcast. Uh, yeah. the yeah, last time I checked, yes. Right. So we have to kind of explain to the folks like, what is the remnant? How does it look like? How do we operate in the world? Do we just go to a church or not? All right. So what's a part of this segment now? So today we have a very special guest. He's an awesome guy. And his whole family is literally half of a congregation. Whole family. Whole family. And um, it's Mike Oxford, the COO of Christ. The
0: COO of Christ. It's Mike her. Oxford, welcome.
2: COO for Christ, maybe. Like, I, I think that's, <laughs> I'm not God's boss. So I think probably start off with that. Oh, there you, know? you go. You can leave that in. You don't have to edit that out. But, hey, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. We're excited to have you. I appreciate you guys said that you spiffied it up. So. Since you Ooh, put that we were CEO on. I put a yes. jacket on today and wanted to <laughs> look go. the part, you know, impress the audience. I think that's important.
0: They're
1: impressed that we have
0: guests. Come on now. Yes. <laughs> yes. And lighting. I'm and your second
1: head, first uh, guest.
0: Yes. Yes. Second guest. First on the uh, other section. Yes. On the red the, section. There come on.
2: Go. I love it. <laughs> All right. Glad to All be right. here, guys.
0: So what we'd like to know is what I've been trying to find out for the last hour or so. Who is
2: Mike Oxford? Well, uh, you 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 mentioned the family, and so I think right. everybody knows Mike Oxford is the dad of the big family.
0: Yes. So, so I I have, know it seems like you got a little Mexican in you. You literally have the school bus coming in.
2: We do, we do a blue school bus. I have eleven kids, which I'm glad you edited the questions because Danny thought I had nine, and you've known me now for almost a year. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah.
0: I thought it was nine. Like I, I've I only counted I, nine, so that means I'm miscounting by two. I'm yeah. Like, well, yeah, Lyndon, I could not be a part of the family.
1: Lyndon's uh, out of state for school. And So he comes back and forth, and then Michaela is running around with with the with the youth most of the time serving. So that's why we count nine. But I was the, the whole time I thought it was eleven and counting
2: counting you and Melissa. Man, anytime, anytime. So you it's see eleven it. so thirteen total. Thirteen total. Yeah, uh-huh. literally. You, I'm pretty sure you could take your your kids take up most of the youth section in the front. They do. Yeah. Wow. And also the the section in the back with the children, any, anywhere you need it. We're kind of just the fillers. We're like the seat fillers <laughs> of church wow. when it looks right. like on a Sunday night. when are like, like, at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. We had, we had the biggest service on a Sunday night. No, it's just the Oxfords and a couple of the families were here. So
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But now, now you're giving the secrets out. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Geez.
2: Exactly. But, but, but yeah, you know, my wife and I, we've been married since college, got married early, went to a Christian school. Everybody gets married young there. And so we got married and, just decided, Hey, let's, let's start a family. Never, never wanted to have a big family. Ended up having a big family. Wow! Didn't know what I was going to do in life and, and have been working in the same industry. And so now I'm, you know, I, I run a big company, have a big family. Everything we do is big. That's wow. why, that's why we're in LA now.
1: That's awesome. So what you just mentioned that you've been in the same industry for many years. What industry is that exactly?
2: So I run, I run nursing homes. Super exciting, right? Which yeah. you, you know, cause you've yeah. done it, done it too. Uh, but yeah, I, I run skilled nursing homes. And so, uh, you know, I started out as a caregiver kind of grew myself into to being wow. a nursing home administrator. And right. so I've done it all in nursing homes. And so now, now we have a, a big company out here in California that, uh, that I work for.
0: Nice. So let's touch a little bit back on the family. So 11 kids,
2: 11 kids. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, how do you manage the traffic to get to school every day? I mean, Homeschool, private school, public school, all in different schools. How does that go?
2: Yeah. So, how do we manage the traffic? It all stays in the house. We, we homeschool. Okay. So, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. I, you know, the only, I'm the first one up and out the door before school even starts, you know. So that, that part's nice. We have a, my, my yeah. wife was a school teacher, actually. So she has a degree in teaching. Oh, oh and, okay. And she, uh, she just, as she started researching homeschooling as our kids, as Landon, our youngest or our oldest, as he first got, you know, was going to go into kindergarten. We started talking about homeschooling. I didn't want to do it, right. and it was actually her research in homeschooling that opened her heart up to wanting to have a big family. She was reading a, she was reading a book about homeschooling, right. and this woman that that had was, was homeschooling just had a chapter on giving your family size to God. And She decided, I think this wow. is what God's. We need to make a to classroom. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, wow. no way. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want right. weird kids. I didn't want. <laughs> so I said, no. I don't want. I don't want homeschoolers. They're weird. They smell funny. <laughs> You know, um, and so it was, it was, it was kind of this long discussion. So we ended up having, having a homeschooling family and through a long, it's a, that's another podcast altogether on how you end up, how we ended up having 11 kids is definitely by the grace of God. But Yeah. So, well, definitely. So, so we do it at home.
0: I don't remember meeting homeschoolers when I was growing up. That was a rare thing now, yeah, especially 2020 after it's like incredibly common.
2: Yeah. So we, it was, it, it's cool again. And, you know, after, after the pandemic, everybody went right. to homeschool and then everybody started asking us how we did it. And so I, that made our, our kids feel a little bit more normal because they felt kind of strange and weird being homeschoolers. They love it. And, and that's it, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool.
0: I, I mean, to see it in a, in a certain way, because you have such a big family, at least they all get to know each other, grow up together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you see our kids running around church, you see like they act like they haven't seen each other forever when they, when they meet up in the lobby, like the little kids run up to the big kids like, Oh, Michaela, I haven't seen you forever. Literally. We, you know, we, we all are together all right. the time. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's special. They, they, they like each other and they, they're each other's best friends. And oh, that's cool. yeah, it's worked yeah, out that's
0: well. Cool. Are um, any of them in ministry? You say you have uh, the oldest. And then he mentioned that Michaela is uh, also part of the worship team.
2: Yeah. So no, all the, I mean, what's been really cool about being here is, um, and a plug for, for, for our youth, man, pastor, pastor, Joey and pastor Tona yes. are awesome. And, uh, they, right after they met our kids, they started calling out gifts and then saying, you're going to do it. And this, wow. that, this is what's so different about this church is it's not like, Hey, God's calling you someday to to lead worship. Joey looked at my daughter one day and said, I think you can sing, go up to the, to the, the piano. And she freaked out. I mean, I remember like the next day, like Joe, Pastor Joey wants me to lead worship, and that's how. I mean, it's it's let's do it. Let's do ministry now. And so, um, all of our kids have have special gifts, and uh, and they're they're activating those gifts here at, at at the church. And so, it's been pretty awesome to watch.
1: That's amazing. I mean, I I know when uh with my mentor when he like started pulling out my calling and my gifts out of me, I was like, wait, you want me to do what? Because of the background coming from the church, where I was like. You have to reach a certain age or yeah. serve for a certain amount of years before you, know, you can even use them. But that's amazing to hear that uh, your family, you know, been activated and using those gifts that God has given them. So how did the Oxfords end up in in City Reach?
2: Well, most of our stories of, of where God has moved, he's really spoken through my wife. Um, we We were in Wisconsin. Uh, we we didn't live there very long. We were there for two years, and and God had kind of moved us out of where we were at. We were kind of alone. We moved to Wisconsin right before the pandemic, and and there was a there was sort of like a internal revival that had started at our mm. at our house. And being homeschoolers, my right. wife took a year where she said, "We're just going to focus on the move of God," and so she started teaching the kids about like God's generals, about people. like I didn't know who you know I didn't know who Catherine Coleman was. My wife was my wife was the kids were literally doing projects on Catherine Coleman. Um, wow. Yeah. And That's so, yeah, so yes. that, that she said, we're just going to get, we're going to get on fire for Jesus. Right. And so th- we, this, this churning started happening with us. And and when we had the opportunity to come to LA, we're like a big family going to LA. Does that make sense? We're like, nah, I feel like God's called us there. And so we had, we had sort of non-negotiables for churches. Cause we'd been to so many churches that just weren't cutting it anymore. Right. Um, and so we wanted a church that was going to sort of match that level of, of, of revival that we were experiencing. Right. And uh, and we walked into to City Reach, and I'll tell you, like, I don't, I don't know, I can't remember the first service if I was really feeling it, um, but everybody else was like, I think we're good, and oh, uh, and and I was it's like, Twelve to 12 to one. 12 to one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, that kind of happened
0: to me when I when I came to City Reach, and the reason I came to City Reach was Pastor Shalom, our worship uh, pastor. We've known each other for years. He's like, hey, I need a bass player for the youth on Fridays. I'm like, oh, sh- I I've been played bass in a long time. I just come anyway, hear the songs. Okay, I'll do it. I started coming and I started coming, but we were going to another church. But we weren't really attending anymore, you know, through the pandemic. I, I was like, oh yeah, I go to this church, I go to this church. We weren't going. I was just using an excuse. Right. We came here and I was like, nah, I still kind of want to go to that church because I love
2: pastors preaching. My wife was like,
0: no, I feel at peace here. I'm like,
2: uh, Okay. Yeah, that was that was kind of it. My wife and I think she found it online, and so we wow. we came. It was close. We weren't supposed to live in Whittier. We were going to live down in Temecula. We were going to buy a house. It fell through the last minute. We had to wow. rent a house in like in like a month. We had we had to find a place. No, sorry, in like two weeks. We had to find a place to, to, that would accept a family our size in in two weeks. And so there was only one house in all of LA that said yes to us, and it was in Whittier. We didn't know anything about it, and uh, and I walked it. Because I was out here working, and, right. and I would bring a kid with me each time I'd come out to work. So Michaela was with me. It was early January, and I just, we walked it and said, "All right, we'll sign a lease." And didn't know anything about Whittier, and then went to the church, and then now we look back I'm like, and like oh, yeah. God knew this God was, knew. Yeah. This was all planned. That's right. He put us in a Spanish-speaking church so that we could have we could be the English interpreters, and so we're super excited. <laughs> That's exactly about that.
0: right. Yeah. See, just as long oh, as you get by uh, a Taco Bell, you'll be fine. We, what's that? Enough Spanish to learn to, you know, get by a Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. Pie.
2: For sure. For sure. You guys even eat Taco Bell?
0: Or you actually re- eat real tacos? I know. Have you guys been running around eating all the taco stands around here?
2: We did. We did the other night when we left church it was okay. for, for the first time. Melissa's like, I, need, I want a real taco. And, and so I thought, I mean, Mexican pizzas are back. Let's go to, let's go to Taco <laughs> Bell. But no, we stopped at a truck and, you know, we, we made our way through it. Oh, no. We,
0: nice. we, 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 got, we got the list. Yeah. Like oh, we me, this guy, list. a couple of the other guys, uh, Art. Like, yeah. we, we know the spots.
2: Hey, you've got to help us out.
1: Oh, we you will. you yeah. got to
2: help us out.
0: Put them out. and then Every week we'll hit a different one. I know.
1: Taco Ministries, dog. Ooh, come on. on. Jesus in Jesus' name.
2: I mean, I, I, I've had tacos in my day. Like I, <laughs> right. I, I've eaten well, so. So you mentioned that,
1: you know, you've been a Christian your whole life and you can continue to be a Christian for the and
2: rest you of your went
0: life. To, you went to Christian college. Where was that?
2: We went to Christian college in Tennessee. Yeah, that's okay. where Melissa and I met. My wife, we we met the very first day we moved into college campus. Aww. so we literally, yeah, love at first sight, man. There's there's uh, most women would go there to try to find like a man who's going to be a pastor, right? And so most most of the women are trying to become pastors' wives in in a in a Southern Christian school like that. And that wasn't on Melissa's list, so she met me and she said, "Hey, let's do, let's get married." <laughs> like at Christian schools, it's like one guy to every like five girls, and so I had an upper hand. She's just wow. like, "I'm gonna."
1: That's crazy. I'm
2: going to take that guy. That's crazy. He's my guy. She knows that's true. And The, the ring and by I, spring is that's true. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. What? Absolutely. The ring,
0: you haven't heard that expression? No, I, I never went to Christian college, bro.
1: I didn't know either, but uh, I barely went to college. So the, the thing is that people go to call Christian colleges and they're like, a ring by spring. You're talking about your freshman year.
2: Yeah. It's true.
0: Not like oh. by senior year, like freshman I've year. I've seen those memes. I didn't know I didn't know they had a title. Uh, Ring by Spring.
2: Yeah, I mean there's 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 some secret things happening in Christian schools. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh people who get married really fast all of a sudden after uh after they meet in, in school because it's better to get married than burn with desire, and so mm. you got a lot. Of, we we took a we took some wow. friends who got married like the third week they knew each other, and we were, we waited we waited a couple of years and got yeah, married while we we're yeah. School.
0: There's some Hispanics that do that, like uh, yeah. for
2: sure. I mean, yeah. and Ali got married get,
1: what three months after meeting?
2: Yeah, they get married and and then they had a a baby that's like a, a nine pound. This probably should not go in. Let's cut that out. Gonna, oh no, we, was, we're, we're raw. <laughs> we go. I was just gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say that so many people had their. They got married. and they, Oh, we got pregnant on our honeymoon. And then they they have a premature baby after you know, like six months. And it's like nine pounds. Like, no, All that's right. not doing right, uh, bro. <laughs> yeah.
1: At least with, with me and Allie, we were like, uh, you know, Ezra was born six six months after we were married. It was like, no, nah, he's not premature. But he's ours.
2: Exactly. Yes. You know, that, that's Wait. what they got to tell their parents at, at Christian schools. But yeah, so we uh, we met. We met in, in Tennessee at a Christian college. We both on and off Christian high school or Christian like I went to Christian uh, middle school, Melissa did too. Okay. So, I mean, we, we, Melissa and I both have, we have similar backgrounds, the fact that we come from a legacy of faith. Ooh.
0: So when you say a legacy of faith, like, you mean generational? Generational Like granddaddy, yeah, daddy. Yeah, yeah.
2: So my, yeah, my granddad was a pastor. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a Pentecostal pastor before I was born and something happened. And so he walked away from that. So I actually didn't grow up Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in sort of a, a more traditional Christian church setting with an organ and, you know, church, church didn't last very long, there was no move of the Holy spirit. There was no, didn't, didn't know about the gifts of the spirit, um, until, until I got into middle school. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, so my granddad was a pastor, um, Melissa's, Melissa's family, her grandparents got saved on her mom's side. And then they were, they actually led like. Uh, her grandparents led a large ministry for uh, for the elders of their church, you know, the elderly of their church, and so wow. there's there's ministry on both sides of our family that goes all the way back to our grandparents. That's awesome
1: to hear. For me, um, for myself, I'm like first generation uh, Christian. Well, I mean, technically, my grandmothers are faith anchor, but everybody else between my grandmother and me it was like, nothing, and then boom, hit me. And then the same thing with my wife, like first generation. So we're like learning all this stuff, like. This is what legacy looks like. Like, what is legacy?
0: Technically, I'm second generation, yeah, but yeah. we, me, and my wife have had discussions about. Well, maybe we're really the first. I don't know. Well, but, well, I'm the second, first. technically first on fire. Like, there you go. There we go. That's there right. we go. That's, that's
2: right. Well, but that, I think that's what happens too. Like, every generation has has their ability to sort of grow deeper and deeper and deeper. Right. Yeah, I, I loved growing up, in, and it's all I knew. I loved growing up in in in, in a godly home. It's kind of weird though. You get this, you guys, like first, first generation Christians, you guys have cool testimonies and we don't have that. Like you asked, like, like you asked the question, how long have you been a Christian? I'm like, oh, my life. Because I don't, I don't remember the day I gave my life to Jesus. Like, I Mm. I can't tell you how many times, like I'd be in like, you know, fifth grade of like, Hey, Jesus, we're cool. Right. Like I did accept you. Right. Like you're in my heart because I can't remember when I had had that moment of salvation because I always grew up in the church. I always grew up believing. There's never been a day in my life, even even when I've lived in sin in like the worst way, there's never been a day that I've ever doubted God's existence. There's never a day that I've I've, I've doubted Jesus as the Savior. Um, and I used to, for a while, I thought, man, that 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 stinks. I might I don't have a cool testimony. Like I wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't saved on the streets. I right. you know. So,
0: so I, I've, I I can kind of join you on part of that. Like I I I, I, I grew up Christian, but like I. For whatever reason, I you know, it wasn't always maybe um, a more exemplarious Christian growing up. And you're right. No matter what I did, it, there's no moment that I could ever say like, oh, God doesn't exist. Jesus didn't die for right. my sins. No matter what stupid thing I was doing. Oh, God's real. Oh, God's real. Yeah, so, I'm just <laughs> I'm
2: just choosing not to follow him right now. I'm just, like, I know I know exactly. what I'm doing is wrong. Um, and that's almost worse, right? but, but there, was, there was a long time where I just, I, I hated the fact that I didn't have a cool testimony until I realized that being a third generation Christian is, is an cool. amazing testimony. And it was it was probably about five years ago where like, something got unlocked, something in me about it. And, and it's been, you know, I, I boast in the Christ in that. And, and I, the fact that like, my parents are on fire. My, my parents are now spirit filled. My parents are going through a massive revival of nice. themselves and a, and a house church with people. Cool. Um, yeah. And yeah, so like, Pentecost has fallen in, in my entire family, Melissa's family's that way. And so it's amazing to be able to call your parents and not just say like, we like, can you guys pray for me? Like they'll, they'll stop and they'll say, let's pray and pray over the phone. And, and that's, that's something that like, you that's know, I, I want my kids to be able to experience. and exactly. right.
1: So you just mentioned right now, like, even when you were in sin, so was there a time or period of, of your life where you were like in rebellion or like just stepped away or?
2: Yeah, I would, I would say that I didn't recognize it as rebellion at the time. And you look at it now and you're like, whoa, and it's actually, I mean, it's, it's been more recent in my life as, as a, as a, as a husband and as a father. Right. Um, and we talked a little bit about the work thing, but mm-hmm. what's crazy about the corporate world is um, when you, when you're young and you have a, have some modicum of success, like it, it does something to your pride. And, and so I, I, I was young and successful and people told me that a lot. And it made me think that I was like the greatest thing in the world. Like the big cheese. That's right. Yeah. I was the Michael Jordan of nursing home administrators. Like, (laughs) you you know, that's right. Bring it on. That's right. Um, and, and the problem was because I grew up in, you know, I, I grew up in a Christian home, then right. got married young. Like I never, like, I didn't, I didn't drink. I didn't do any of that kind of stuff. Well, you get into the corporate world and it happens and, and, and things are thrown at you and, and, and you're, you're sitting in meetings that, that drinking's okay. And so, yeah. Oh, it's because
0: you got to take out the client. Oh, you, you got to do this. You got yeah. to Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like when you're, when you're working in, in the, like I worked for really large organizations and I was winning awards. And so, you know, you felt like you were the coolest person in the world. Like there's 800 people and I won the last award of the night. So everybody's like, Hey, we're going to the bar afterwards. And so like,
1: yeah, go, actually, let's
2: yeah. go, yeah. let's go. Um, but, but my issue was I would, I still told people I was a Christian. I still told people like, Hey, like, you know, when it, when it was convenient, I talked about God when it was convenient. I talked about Jesus and then I would cuss and then I would drink and I would, you know, I'd, I would do, do a lot of things that, that led to just bad decisions all the way around. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, there was a period in, 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 in our lives where like Melissa and I almost didn't stay married. I mean, it was, wow. it was close. Yeah. Like it was the faith of my wife after, after a, a, a night that almost ruined everything. She got up. It was a Sunday morning. We didn't sleep. I thought we were, I, I thought we were, we were going to be over. Right. And she's like, I'm getting the kids ready and we're going to church. And I was like, I'm going to come with you. Um, and that was, you know, that was, again, because of that anchor of faith and, and my wife's uh-huh. deep, like, like yeah, deep faith in God and the promises that God had 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 in her life. She wasn't going to give up.
0: Mike Oxford, you're giving me chills. We've uh, lived uh, <laughs> similar paths. You know, this is a little scary.
2: Hey, what's what's interesting is you talk to you talk to a lot of guys right. and that's then that happens. And I think it's because the, the devil replicates that attack because there's so much shame in it. Right, there's yes. so much. There's there's so much hurt in in like being able to say, and I screwed up to the point where I almost lost my family." And then when right. you when you're when you've called yourself a Christian all your life, then you're like, "I'm a bad testimony." Well, I can't go share my testimony now because half the people on my social media were people that know that I was this drinker, that I was this guy. Exactly. Yeah. So I've told him, I'm
0: like, I don't think I've ever been ashamed of being a Christian. I've always been ashamed of not living up to being a good one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, you said that perfectly. Like there's, yeah, it's almost like, man, I don't want people to know. Like, so I used to, so then I started covering being like, Hey, you know, like, yeah, I, yeah, I have faith. Like, that's the weakest thing to tell people. Like I stopped telling people I was a Christian and be like, yeah, dude, I've got deep faith, deep faith in what, you know, like, wow. like I, I cut out talking about God cut out talking about Jesus and just talked about faith. And, and, uh, what's like, crazy you
1: hear that like on social media and, uh, in uh, other places where people are like they don't proclaim Jesus or or God in general, and they're like, "Yeah, I have a deep faith. I have a deep relational faith." Mm-hmm. It, like you said, in what though? What is it's your so faith spiritual. ground? Okay. Yeah, what's your faith <laughs> grounded on? So now looking back, I mean, always hindsight's always twenty twenty. We've said this before on this podcast that we look back and we're like, man, I could have done that differently. But if you hadn't gone through that season, would you be the man that you are today?
2: I believe so because I, I believe God's big enough okay. and that, that's the conversation Melissa and I have had a long time because we'd, we'd have all these friends that would be like, man, if I didn't hit rock bottom, God's not big enough that he, he didn't have to put you through rock bottom. No, he's, he's big enough, but you hit rock bottom and he still brought you out of it. Amen. And so, um, that was, that was a, there was a, there was a night I'll tell this story, and, and I'm sure my kids will ask. Tell me, tell me a little more about that night. But I remember we had all these men at our house, and we were right. praying after. This was like after, right after the season where like I was kind of coming out of some bad decisions. And uh, and my wife, like she was upstairs reading the Bible, and and but she was still dealing with some hurt. And uh, she had heard one of these guys say that she he'd actually said that. He's like, you know, I'm I don't regret any decision I've made because it brought me to where I'm at. And she thought I said it, so I came I came upstairs. And her little devotional book that she was reading, as soon as I opened up the bedroom door, came flying at my head. and I wow. moved out of the way, and I was like, "That <laughs> wasn't me. I disagreed. You should have kept listening." Um, but that's that's the fight And I say I tell that story to honor my wife because my wife is man. She's fire, and oh. and and she she's been so amazing. But that so so I you know I don't I don't know how you, you thought I'd answer that, but no, I do think that I'd be the man that I was because God's big enough. Right. Um, but the fact that I am the man that I am despite of all that shows how awesome God is. And and like you go through peaks and valleys, like I just, I just gave up drinking Come in the on. last year. And I and, I, and I wasn't, it wasn't like it was an alcohol, but I made a ton of bad decisions when I drank. Right. right? right. And maybe a couple of good ones. So I'm like, Oh, Hey, look like drinking's not so bad. So when I go off, I should drink. And so, you know, a lot of this stuff I've just purged out of my life more recently, because I don't want there to be any shadow. Right. Of, of, right. of the past, because if it, it comes down to somebody saying, I don't want to be a Christian and be like Mike. Then I got to get that out of my
1: life. Mm, come on. For me personally, it's been uh, two years, two years since I've touched the drop of alcohol. Because even though I've been serving the Lord and been with the Lord for the past eight of those first six years, I was like, well, I'm control it at home. I'm not making anybody stumble. Like you said, I'm on the golf course. You know, what am I doing wrong? I'm not being getting drunk. I'm just having to drink here or there. But it was a conviction that fell upon me while on vacation that I was like, what am I doing? And it was, it, the crazy part was after listening to one of um, Pastor Rod Parsi's sermons on a Sunday during, uh, like the weekend right before Memorial Day weekend. And we were on like Havsa, Arizona. And I was popping chiles like uh, they were candy because I'm like, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. And all of a sudden he said, my testimony says that I have not touched a drop of alcohol my whole life. He's like, in those that proclaim to be Christian, and I'm probably butchering it too, those that proclaim to be Christian that drink, how does that draw you closer to God? How does that fill you up with the Holy Spirit if it ain't the spirit that you're drinking? And it, it just, I was in shock. Even Ali looked at me and like, are you okay? I'm like, I think I just got convicted about drinking. She's like, well, maybe you should give it up. And I did. And, all, and that day forward, and like, there's nothing that I regret about it. There's nothing that it made me better for, for any reason. I mean, it the only thing that it did for me was allow me to fit in with everybody else that made me feel uncomfortable because I would be like, Well, I'm Christian. This is what I do. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, but I'll have a drink with you.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. What we do, it like we we take, we take our Christianity and then we water it down by saying, Hey, like. Hey, I'm a Christian, but I'm cool too. Right. Versus being like, man, JC's the coolest. So like, let's not do this. Right? Yeah, so it's, exactly. it's like this embarrassing thing. Like I've got to, I've, I've got to present. And this is what's happening with the American church. And, mm. and this is why Speaks city reach like- is so important to our family because we went to some amazing churches, but, but all this kind of stuff was, was allowed and it was, it was okay. And it was kind of expected. It was like, we're cool because we can love Jesus. And we can also do all these things. And so we, I mean, listen, I was, I was the chief of doing all those things. So I'm not, I'm not at all saying that that those churches were doing wrong and I was following it, but the world, when it, they get really, 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 really desperate, they don't want something that looks like the world because they've already done that. And so right. if they look at you and they see, and you're struggling with all these things that I struggle with. And You call yourself a Christian, yet, yet you're so depressed. You still need a drink. Come you're, on, you're you're you you can't you can't have joy without drinking. Then why do I need to call myself a Christian and live by all these rules and live by this book and go somewhere on Sunday and and still have to do this? Yeah. yeah. So so we end up being a really bad testimony, and that's it's happening in the American church. They're trying to yeah. attract people with 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 the world, and we're not the world.
0: Yeah. yeah you, oh, you can still do this. Oh, but Sunday. No, oh, oh, yeah. but you can still do that though. Saturday night though, but Sunday.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Or or after church on Sunday, you know, before you like pop that beer open while you're watching the football game. I
0: don't know if you heard the episode. What, what was it? Um, church hurt. That, uh, that's what we were doing with with some of the some of the band members. And like, I remember one time, uh, my wife's uh, my wife's uncle was my boss. So he was at the front of the house. I was doing monitors, and. I thought I was like, okay, cool, scope and everything, bro. But his dad was an alcoholic. So he naturally knows what it smells coming out of the body. Right. And like I said, what's up to him? And he's like, hey, brother, um, I don't want to accuse you of anything, but you know, I uh, kind of smell like uh been drinking. Uh. And I'm like, me? Nah, nah. nah. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> you know, but it kind of smells like you're sweating it out. Oh, I felt so gross. I was like, "Oh no, he knows, he knows," and it's such a bad moment. You're
2: like, because am there's I nothing. Yes, yeah, there's nothing you can say at that point. Like, yeah, maybe, but it's not a big deal. So yeah, you just own it at that point, right? But I,
0: I think it. You know, when when I was talking about it on on that episode, you know, it was just like, ah, oh, you you take everything for granted, even though. You are, because I'm like, oh, I'm just an employee here. I don't, this isn't my church and this and this else is going Mm -hmm. on. So who cares? I'll go ahead and do whatever I want. Forgetting, hey, you're in the house of the Lord, (laughs) (laughs) dum-dum. Like, it's, whatever is happening with leader A, B, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're still in the house of the Lord and you're still disrespecting. Plus, you really, come on. Even if you just work here, you're still a Christian. Like, come on. Yeah so
1: um be, you you know coming out of that season still being in the corporate world how were you able to like do a 180 and show people that you know what mike is who he says he is you know i am on fire for christ
2: i think i think there's two things one coming to california is a new season and and wisconsin yeah. was too i mean a okay. lot of, a lot of you know I've, I've sort of grown through some things and 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 had peaks and valleys and so like even even i told you the story you, you know about about Melissa and I going to church after a really rough, rough time. doesn't mean that we still didn't have ups and downs. I still make dumb decisions. Um, but coming here, coming to California has been because we were on this precipice of fire. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been the opportunity for us to be able to, to, to have a fresh start with new people. Um, and so I think what I've been, I've been very intentional about it in two ways. One, like I don't just talk about my faith as in like I got faith and if you got faith it's cool too. I tell people you need Jesus. I I, I tell people all the time, hey, you need Jesus. Like I I, I talked to, you know, I, I talked to somebody who's worked with me a long time and now she's my executive assistant here. I'm like, hey, like you're gonna get saved this year. So she went mm. about a Bible. She's not saved yet, but she's gonna get saved this year. I'm just telling her that, right? Um, and so like, I, I, I speak the name of Jesus now. I don't just talk about God. I don't just talk about faith. A lot of people here get confused when you talk about God, because I work with, you know, I work with Muslims. I work with, you know, Jewish folks. I work with all different, all different religions. And so I make sure to speak the name of Jesus a lot. And the other thing you have to do is like, you just have to reset the expectations. It's like being Mm -hmm. a parent. Like you allow, you allow something to happen for a long time and then you have to apologize and say, Hey, I know that I've allowed us as a family to act this way. And I've done it too, but we're gonna. I'm gonna apologize, and we're gonna start over. And so that that's that's part of it is like just to be honest with people that you've worked with for a long time. And say, hey, I know that I used to go out and drink with you, and right. I know that you thought that was okay, but I it's it's a conviction in my life. I don't do that anymore. So I'm resetting that expectation that I don't do that, mm-hmm. and that you have you have yep. to do that.
0: Yep. Right. Yeah, I've I've had to do that too. I'm like, hey, remember all the times uh, when I time I blacked out? Yeah, I ain't doing that no more. What? I'm like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. It's not me anymore. Oh, a little Christian boy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Jesus. I am not doing that anymore. Yeah. And, and it's really hard for people to, some people accept
2: it. Yeah. Oh, okay, great.
0: And then they see it. Oh, he's being serious. And some people are like, okay, bye.
2: Yeah. Or or they think it's a season, right? Or, and then there's the other people who give you a really hard time about it. Um, but I'm not really worried about losing losing relationships mm-hmm. anymore. I used to be really worried about what people thought about me. I don't care. That's one thing oh, about wow. having like 11 kids. Like you don't care what people think <laughs> about you. <laughs> like you know we're we're yeah. God's gift to see if people can count to 10. I mean they like people just they lose their mind when they see us walk up places. They count. They do all this, and so I stopped caring about what people thought a long time ago. So if people mm-hmm. you know it, it, people say you you were know, you're, you're just a hypocrite. Cool. I'm saved. I'm saved, man. Um, so that that's how that's how we've we've sort of done the 180. That's awesome. I mean, I feel like when people call you a
1: hypocrite, it's like a cop out. Like, oh, you're the reason why I don't want to come to Jesus. Like, no, fool, the reason why you don't want to come to Jesus because you don't want to give up the, the lifestyle that you have. Yeah. Because it's like for for me to sit there and say, Oh, I'm not gonna do what you do because you're a hypocrite and I'm not well, you're being a hypocrite for calling me a hypocrite and not doing it. Like, it it's just the craziest thing. So and doing all that and going through those valleys and, and the mountaintop experiences, how have you seen it of, you know, either affect or change your kids in, from being in Wisconsin to California?
2: Well, I think, you know, you can ask my kids and and they'll, they'll tell you, like, one thing that we have, have really strived to do is not hide things from our kids. Mm. So our kids are a part of everything. So we're really raw with them. Um, when things are bad, we tell them why they're bad. Um, when things are good, we try to tell them why they're good. Um, and so I think, um, they've been a part of all of our decisions and they were a part of coming to, to LA. You know, we, we got together as a family, Uh, you know, we, I actually had a job offer to be this exact same role with the company I was working for and in Wisconsin. And they came the same day within an hour of each other. Ooh, I left, I left the company I was at to go have lunch, to take a call for the people here for them to offer me the job. I came back from lunch and my, the CEO of that company said, Hey, I want to talk to you about something. He offered me the same job, the same role. So instead of God closing one door, he had two identical doors open, but one was Wisconsin, one was here. And so as a family, we had to pray about it. And overall people were excited. I had a couple of kids scared. You know, right. they're scared to come to L.A. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's L.A., right? Yeah. It's there. There's there's Just things that
0: drugs like, and pimps and all that stuff. Like, am I going to have a gang bang? Yeah. Yeah. Like, are we all going to be from the same gang? That's right. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's terrible. Terrible. No, they
2: immediately started going through all the different colors in their closet. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I had, you know, we, we started playing dangerous minds right away. And like, i got to show you guys a movie. Yeah, that's what, that's what we knew. Um, Who wants to know how it is to
0: grow up in Compton? which one
2: (laughs) that's right but but you know what's so funny about it is our kids are so comfortable here now Mm. and man like the the miss the 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 misperception with the rest of the nation and california is crazy because everybody talks about how people are rude here no man people have been the nicest to us here like everywhere people have been i mean there's some weirdos everywhere Everywhere. but like you know Mm. there's there's some places where like their, their niceness is like a mile wide and an inch deep. And so it's all smiles, but they're really fake with you here. Mm. People are real. And, and we've actually experienced people like our kids are thriving here, man. They, it, they it's love it. Re, it's me? really weird
0: to be jumping around all across the country. Like I know you've experienced it. Uh, you were, we were talking about earlier that, uh, you've lived in different states, mm-hmm. um, because of work, I get to travel all over the place and, you know, I go to one place and I'm like, Oh, I, I get to experience this friendliness and that friendliness. And then. This not so friendliness here and this and that. the the only ah, the only conception sometimes I get right is about a lot of the you know a lot of the bulk that mm-hmm. lives around here, mm-hmm. which is unfortunately true. But as far as people being nice or not nice, uh, it's kind of all over yeah. the place, everywhere. Not necessarily like oh, it's better here or it's, there, or it's worse there. It's just yeah,
2: perceptions of people. Yeah, and I would much rather be in a place that forces you. To live by faith every day. And so the politics that we have here, you know, the things that we have to deal with every day, the things that I have to deal with at work are completely different um, than what I had to deal with in Wisconsin. Let me tell you, I have, you know, there's a lot more letters in the alphabet that I got to deal with at work here than, than in Wisconsin.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There's a whole shift like where. Yeah, bro. You got to remember, here's the woke state.
2: Yeah. 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 So it's, it's nuts. But I'd rather be here because it's so much easier to be to, to be on fire because that, like there's, it, it's easy to say you're hot or you're cold here. There's a lot of places that it looks like it's, you know, Texas is a great place to live and, you know, uh, Florida is a great place to live. But I don't want to go somewhere where it's easy because then it, there's, there's, some, there's some dangers and pitfalls in that.
1: Ooh. Well, I've also heard that from uh, somebody else. Uh, uh, one of the guys that I listen to, I call my digital mentor. Um, he talked about it because he grew up in, in Cali, too. He's from Compton. His parents moved him out to La Puente. And then um, when he got saved at 20 and then moving out to Texas. Whoa, big difference. Right. And so he said one thing that he appreciated about Cali is that you're either Christian or you weren't. There was no like, oh, I'm Christian, but let's go to the bar and go have a drink and black out. And that's what he experienced in Texas. Like people would say, oh, I'm Christian, but still Live as dirty as the world, yeah. Mm. And yeah. that's one thing I was like picking up on right now that like you were you were just talking about. Like, that's what you appreciate. And I, as being a, a native Californian, like you don't notice it. You just, just you just use Cali, bro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't even do that. I gotta like
0: <laughs> your joints get right. used I'm from, to it. I'm
2: from Colorado, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah, really so
0: speaking of Colorado, Little Birdie told me you are. Colorado, everything sports fan.
2: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> what do you mean, unfortunately? <laughs> well, because I mean, it's it's rough. Like I hate the Raiders. Uh, I mean, you know, I it I hate the Raiders, and I. Why were you it. just
1: looking at me when you said that?
2: No, just uh, because you represent so many people that I know here. <laughs> I call them out by name, but but and and when I was, in fact, when. I had, I had like algae eater fish, you know, that like suck the algae. And right. so they, they, we called them the sucker fish. So we named them Raider sucks and chief sucks. So I actually had, <laughs> I had fish that a fish named Raider Suck. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, it definitely, I'm, I'm Colorado, everything. I'm proud of being from there. Colorado is an awesome state. Beautiful. Um, and, and, uh, historically good sports. Uh, but it's been, it's been a rough football season. It, it, it's right. been,
0: it's been rough on, on my teams too. Dodgers could kind of hurt me oh. this season. Lakers have been hurting me for a while. The, Dod- ah, the Dodgers are the worst
1: boyfriend ever. They break <laughs> your heart every year. See,
2: kind of baseball is the one sport where like we, my wife's from St. Louis. So we lean towards the Cardinals. That's mm, that. So okay. I can, I sort of gave up on the Rockies a long time ago. So yeah. I don't care about the Dodgers, whatever. Yeah. I don't care if they're good or bad, but but the others, it's, it's tough watching, watching the Nuggets here right now. The Nuggets are they're amazing, dude. <laughs> All right. I mean the nuggets the nuggets give hope. Didn't the Avalanche just take the Stanley Cup? They did. Okay. I don't know if y'all watch hockey. I, I love hockey.
0: Not as much as I used to. Yeah. I
2: right. might be Mexican,
1: but it always confused me for Caucasian.
2: Um, I know. I was I was like, <laughs> hey guys, so we go to a church where there's two two white pastors and that guy. And then, <laughs> and then I saw your name, I'm like, Chubb, that's he must be adopted. Like, I don't know. I could, some Mexican family must adopted a white guy. Yeah, there's now. no confusing yeah. No, I'm Mexican. Yeah.
1: Good. yeah. Yeah, you're good. But I'm saying,
2: like, don't say it like it's a bad thing. Like, well, know?
1: it's like it's a twofold. You have the the very uh, Hispanic or Mexicans that come up to me that can't speak a lick of English and their accent so heavy. You start speaking to them, to them in Spanish and they're like, oh, what's happening? I'm like, I speak Spanish. I'm Mexican. And then on the other hand, where it's like, you know, you're not Caucasian. I'm like, well, no, they're. But I get I get pulled into the munch sometimes. I don't know how.
2: You gotta take that to the altar, man. There's some there's some <laughs> deep stuff there. But, some deep stuff. Oh, <sighs> oh man, Kobe. I've been
1: confused for a German, Russian. I had my friend's mom
0: confused for it. I I I thought she was like straight white out for a long time. Oh. That's all. I asked my boy. I'm like, yeah, your mom, Mexico. What? Yeah. She has like blue eyes. Yeah. No? No. No, she's from Mexico. Can she speak English? Oh yeah, she took uh, ESL classes over here. What?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, that happens.
0: Uh, since you're not only in corporate
1: but healthcare as well, is there a particular time that you felt to intervene or go out of your way to show someone Christ, or even whether it not be in direct co- conversation, but actually display the love of Christ upon them?
2: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the beauty of of what but I do um, now it's more about employees than, than it was about the residents. Cause I don't, I don't interact with our residents now, okay. um, but it's, it's, it's really about the employees. But when I was in administ- like my first nursing home that I was an administrator of um, we had, we had a guy who, yeah, like I, he, I was his buddy, but he was, he was, he's kind of a mean old man and uh, <laughs> gave people, gave people fits. And, uh, and he was, he was on his deathbed. Wow. And uh, I kneeled down in his ear and 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 I said, "Al, you cannot like you you can't talk back to me now." And so this is important. I'm to I want to explain to you who Jesus is. I don't know if I'm gonna see him in heaven or not, but I know yeah. I know for a fact that you He want them. He, he heard it, and uh, that was mm. kind of the first opportunity where like I, I really realized, man, like the the ability to 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 meet people at their darkest hour. I mean, this like he is he like he died within you know, 24 hours of that conversation. And so if, if no one else told him about Jesus entire life, he heard it one last time. Um, And so that, you know, things like that, I've had a lot of those kind of experiences, but on the, on the employee side, I mean, you're dealing with, you're dealing with people at all walks of life. You've been a CNA. Right. One of the, one of the cool things about California too, is like the diversity. So we, the company that I work for, we have 42 nursing homes. And so, so we have, yeah, we're all over. So I've got, I've got nursing homes that are like right on the beach. You know, I've got, I've got nursing homes that are, that are in Orange Mm -hmm. County that have very, you know, they're, they're high end. And then we've got, I've got them in the heart of Oakland. Wow. Um, Randall right Hood. And, yeah. Dude, I love Oakland, man. I love, I love that building and, and I, I love going, going there. And, and right. I've actually been going to that building for a long time. Before I worked for this company, it was a part of a different company that oh, I worked yeah. for. And the people there, when you want to talk about people who are desperate for Jesus, it's these people that have lived in these cities where they, like a lot of that population has not left that like five mile radius, yep. they've never left it. And that's all they wow. know. Um, I, was, I was at, at, a, at a, a lunch thing sitting in the parking lot of Oakland in, in, a, in our gated area. You know, I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty scary. And uh, this, this, this lady, this, this uh, nursing aide, was talking to me and she asked me if I, if I knew about A.A. Allen. I'm like, how oh, do you know about A.A. Allen? What? Right? Yeah. She's like, you know, you know all them preachers. I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> and, the, and, I, and it's because the, the people who are the most desperate are the ones who have the biggest faith. So you mm-hmm. see a lot more spirit filled people working working nights in Oakland, California than you do in Orange County.
1: Um, you have to have some faith to be walking into that facility at night <laughs> in Oakland.
2: So, first of all, I don't go at night very often. <laughs> Second of all, they they do save me a parking spot up front. Um, uh, but I mean, it's we we've had we've had we've had people die in our parking lots. We've had the FBI running through the building. I mean, it's it's nuts. Running I mean, it's through it's the nuts. building like yeah. chasing somebody? Yeah. Oh, it's all- oh. yeah. It's Oakland. It's Oakland. It's bro. Oakland. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, but, but I think so with the employees, there's been a lot like I had, I had this, uh, this lady who worked for me and I got a phone call and her daughter had committed suicide. Her daughter was wow. like 20. And right. she said, you're the only person of faith I know. And, and she was in tears. She's like, you're wow. the only person of faith I know. And right. so I said, well, I got to invite my wife into this conversation and brought her in. And I mean, we, we ended up like adopting this, this woman as she was grieving the loss of her daughter. Right. Um, And it's opportunities like that that I think, I mean, I have hundreds of those stories over the course of time where where you you have to you have to leave yourself open to at any moment because of of the amount of lives you touch to to be able to actually walk that faith out. Mm. Come on,
1: that's that's a different level for somebody to say you're the only person with faith or of faith that I know actually like reach out. That's huge.
2: Yeah, because it's one thing like doing outreach is easier than living a daily walk because you can go to somebody you don't know and you can say, hey, do you know Jesus or not? If they reject you, uh, okay, not that big of a deal. You pray for them, and something happens and you got a really cool testimony to tell everybody at church on Sunday. Right. But it's it's living your life so that when the time comes for somebody to actually say, and I need to know somebody who knows the faith that you have, uh, that's that's where like the rubber really meets the road. Yep. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I try, like pe- people know I'm, I'm, very, I'm very loud about my faith mm-hmm. um, because why not? You know, what I've learned through the course of my life is that God is the God of promotion. So every, every time I needed another job or, or more money because we have a big family, I never, ever applied. Somebody called me and said, I got something. Would, would you be interested in it? And so I, I believe God's put me where I'm at. So I'm not afraid of getting fired for speaking about my faith. Right. I'm not, not afraid for, for being bold about it. and. Um, and what's happening now, now that now that like the fire of this church, the remnant of this church has has really spread to to me in such a way that like I got a prayer room at my at my corporate office. Come on. And and everybody Ooh. knows when Mike goes and asks for the key to our to our file room, they know he's praying. I just mm. put it on my calendar, prayer time. If I see an hour that works, I just right. go down there. Um and, and it, that has changed people. That has opened people up to come into my office and, and they'll come in and they'll see my Bible and they'll, they'll, they'll be sitting right there. And before you know it, you start a conversation with somebody who had a little faith, but they didn't know who to talk to. Right, And that's been, that's been
1: phenomenal. That's, that's huge. Well now on the, on the other end of the spectrum, has there ever been the time where being in the corporate world that your faith has caused a, either a, like a struggle or, seen that people are just coming against you for being so loud about your faith?
2: No, not really. Well, yes. Yes. In the sense that people would would come after me and say, Oh, you call yourself such a godly man and everybody knows you did X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's, that's where I've seen it a lot. Okay. I mean, I've had, I've had people on social media bring up something, you know, that happened 10, 11 years ago. And that's how the devil works. He wants to continue to remind you of things and try to, you know, uh, crash your testimony and make mm. you not want to may, make you not want to live boldly. Because when you do, people remind you of things that you, that you did a long time ago. Like like when, when all the abortion stuff came out here in right. Cali, you know, I I posted something on social media and somebody, I don't know from like 11 years ago said, man, I hope the company you work for knows the kind of trash that you are, that you support this kind of stuff. Like, like, you're no, you're no godly man. And, and that, so that has come up a few times, but, but really, People, people are so hungry to 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 meet people of faith that even if they don't share it, I have been really, my faith has been pretty, pretty accepted in, in, in work circles. That's amazing. That's,
1: that's, that's amazing to hear, like uh, to hear somebody from the corporate end that not only just corporate, but healthcare corporate, be able to express it, express your faith and it being welcomed or sought after instead of just being shunned or, you know called it. I mean, I don't even take it as a bad or a bad connotation when they call you a Jesus freak. Like I'd rather be known yeah. as a Jesus freak than um not know being known as everybody else, you know.
2: But so yeah, but the devil is the Prince of Darkness, right? And right. so he wants everybody to think that it's gonna be so hard to live for Jesus that you gotta be careful or it's gonna be so hard to live for Jesus that you can't live you can't live sold out. Mm-hmm. And that that I think stops people from doing it. But but the truth is when you live sold out for Jesus you're going to have so much support for it versus, versus some, some trials that when the trials come you're like, I don't man, I don't, I don't care if this guy doesn't, doesn't care about it because right. like I'm meeting with my nursing home administrators and I'm praying with them at lunch. Ooh. Like, you know, I, that, that's, Bold. that kind of stuff is happening now because, because I've been willing to share my faith. So other people who are 10 years behind me in their, in their uh, career, they now see that boldness. Mm-hmm. So I can, you know, hold hands with a guy across the table in the middle of a dinner in, in, in a, you know, in, in a public setting and it'd be completely normal. And that's something that I like, man, I wouldn't trade that for the world. So I don't care if people, I don't care if I get a few people that hate it, like whatever.
1: Come on. That's how we feel about this, this podcast too. Uh, Cause we've had people that show up and subscribe and then all of a sudden we say something and we're like three, four subscribers less. But it is what it is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's kind of how it works.
1: Yeah. But, um, well, Mike, uh, we're just gonna wrap it up now. We really thank you for your time. We appreciate you for the man that you are, um, how bold you are for Christ and your vulnerability to be able to share your story with us and with, with our audience. I mean here it's a, today. Some
0: powerful words uh mentioned today and uh yeah. some funny ones as well. And again, yes, we'd like to thank you for uh coming onto this podcast. Any last words you have for our viewers?
2: Man, um, if you feel like God's calling you to have a big family, <laughs> let, let me know first. Because I do know some people that shouldn't have uh, 11 kids. Some people are like, man, we want to be just like you. Like, dude, have you, have you met your kids? We don't need more of them. So, yeah, that, that have you yeah. seen the price uh, of milk? Man. That's right. That's right. It's expensive. But no, some people just, they're fit to have one kid.
1: Uh, that's what I guess it's a positive when people see Ezra like, when well, guys going not have another one? And they, like, are you gonna
0: help out like okay are you babysitting this one yeah
2: <laughs> no, i appreciate you guys though thanks uh, for inviting me on and look forward to continue to watch you guys for, for
0: all right day. i think again this is where we're going to wrap it up for this yes. week we'd like to thank again mike uh for coming on to our show and you know spreading his uh testimony out with us uh again for anyone out there uh watching us if you have Uh, questions either about this episode, any other episode, or if you want prayer or anything, please reach out to us on our social media or on the comments. And again, if we do not have the way to help you out, we will always try to find a way or someone to